Sagemont Church is a gathering of Christian believers in the southeast area of Houston, Texas. Today's message is from our senior pastor, Dr. John Morgan. Now this morning, the message is entitled, A Life-Changing Question. A Life-Changing Question. We're going to go into the book of Acts. The passage that I will read to you is 12 verses, and for a couple of reasons, I'm going to ask you to remain seated. We will put the passages on the screen, and you will be able to look there if you don't have a Bible. But I want you to look and see with your eyes, as well as hearing with your ears, this story. There are two ordinances in the scripture. One is communion, the Lord's Supper. The second is baptism. It is so important that a believer understand what it means to be a believer because you can be a so-called believer and not be a believer. Because if you are a believer, if the Lord tells you something, unquestionably, you just do it. You don't feel like you need to enter into a discussion and make your point. You need to understand that God is the authority. He's given us the scriptures. He said, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. And I want you, my children, to understand what it means to be my follower. And many people do not all the way back to Dr. Billy Graham, who used to always say in his great crusades all over the world that that the greatest mission field is in the membership roles of churches, where somehow, someway, Christianity got confused with every other religion in the world, and all you do is kind of meet the criteria, join up, sign your name, and do whatever you want to do, rather than become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. So I want you to listen and I want you to hear the emphasis even as I read the passage and then I will set it up uh, by going back over it so you don't miss some real, real, real important points. Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 38. I want you to notice as I read it the different members of the cast, if you please. And it starts with, and the angel of the Lord, representing heaven, spoke unto Philip, the deacon. Philip was a deacon. He said, arise, deacon, go towards the south unto the way that goes down from Jerusalem into Gaza, which is desert. And Philip arose and he went. Character number three, behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasures, had come to Jerusalem for to worship. This Ethiopian had come to a worship service. Now he's going home. He was returning and sitting in his chariot and he was reading out of the Old Testament about Isaiah the prophet. Then the Holy Spirit said unto Philip, 
Go near and join yourself to this chariot. Philip ran thither to him, and he heard this Ethiopian reading the prophet Isaiah. And the deacon asked a question. Do you understand what you read? And he said, how can I, except some man should guide me? How could I, unless some man should guide me? Good question. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. Reading now out of the book of Isaiah, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. But in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Now that's Jesus. He's reading about Jesus in the Old Testament. And the, and the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray you, of whom speaks this prophet? Of himself or of some other man? Now listen to this. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same Old Testament scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, notice who's introducing the subject of the morning's message. See, here is water. What hinders you from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may be baptized. And he answered and he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Isn't that a great story? Man, you can read that all afternoon and find new truth in that story. All the characters had a part. All of them are essential. You got to have a lost person. You got to have somebody that's not ashamed to tell them the truth. You've got to have then a willing person that's willing to leave darkness and come to life, leave error and come to truth. All of this is here. And then you have the mix of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. This man in the story, the eunuch, was a very powerful man in his government. He was a wealthy man, verse 27. Notice this, notice this. He had been to a worship service that Sunday and nothing happened. Can you imagine such a worship service? In a temple, gotta alter something for you to go onto the internet and see if I'm telling you the truth or not. Some of the most famous churches in the world that'll have more people in them today than any other churches will have nobody saved. People are going in them as museums now and they're looking at all the sculptures and all the paintings and all those stuff and nobody gets saved there. Millions will go there today, literally around the world to these great, some of us have gone there on vacations. We know what we're talking about. You go in there and they just take you on a tour but nobody gets saved there. This man left a church with a lot of people but nobody was getting saved there. But thank God, somebody had told him, read the Bible. And he starts in the Old Testament, which is not where you need to start when you're wanting to be a believer unless you start in Isaiah. 
And that's where the Holy Spirit led him. That's where the angel led him, this, it's character number one, into the right passage, and he started reading about Jesus thousands of years before Jesus was ever born. Is that not the work of the Holy Spirit? You see, Philip was sort of the connection center. You hear me talk about the connection center? That's where people that care about people connect that person that's seeking a Savior with the Savior when they say, I want to become a follower of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> when he asked him that question, do you understand what you're reading? Could I just throw that out to you this morning? Do you understand what it means to be a Christian? Do you understand what it means to forsake all and follow him? Do you understand what it means if, if the Lord commands you to do something and you say, I'm your child, that you must obey or drop out of fellowship with him? You see, baptism didn't originate in this story in the book of Acts. Baptism goes back, Matthew chapter 3. Could I read this to you, the 13th through the 17th verse? Then came Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John the Baptist to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of you, and you come to me. And Jesus answering and said unto him, Suffer it be so now, for thus it becomes us to fulfill all all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open unto him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting up on him, and in a voice from heaven saying, This, Jesus, is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Amen. What an example, folks. In a confused, mixed up, theological, religious world of Christians that don't understand the very simple teaching of the scripture. What do you do to fulfill all righteousness? What do you do in order for those promises that you heard come upon the believers like, I will withhold no good thing from those that love me. And people look around and say, but they're not happening to me. Well, would you look and see? Could it be that I'm talking to people today and you said, well, I prayed the prayer, but I'm not going to get baptized. That is the first commandment to test you to see if you're willing to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. I have on my desk the names now of over 200 people right here that said, I want Jesus in my life but I'm not getting in that water. Well, let's talk about that a bit. First of all, let's, let's see if anybody, if everybody understands to get on the same page what it means to be baptized. People say, oh, you know, I was baptized when I was a baby. No, you were not. No, you were not. Can I tell you what the word means? And then you tell me if you were baptized when you were a baby. Because if you were, the Child Protective Services might have come and picked up your parents. Because the word baptize in the Greek language means one thing. It means to immerse or submerge. That's what the word means. 
There's no scholar in the world. You say, my church happens to believe differently. No, they don't believe differently. They practice differently for convenience sake. But every Catholic theologian, every Lutheran theologian, every theologian in the world knows what the word means. It means to immerse. It means to submerge is what it will say. Even Webster knows what it means. Go look it up in the dictionary. It means one thing. And one thing only. Listen to me. Sprinkling is not baptism. It's a wonderful church ordinance. If they choose to do that, God bless them. But it's not baptism. It is what it is, but it's not baptism. Pouring is not baptism. I'm not putting it down. I'm just telling you it's not baptism. The word doesn't mean anything close to that. Not sprinkling, not pouring. Christening is not baptism. It is christening. It is not baptism. Baptism was given in the way that it was presented to show something that I will show you in just a moment. And if we don't understand that, if we don't get started right, we hand it into all kinds of trouble. Because when someone explains what Jesus so clearly taught, and you say, I understand that's what the Bible teaches, But when I became whatever I became, I thought I was becoming a Christian. But if I didn't mean I was going to forsake my own opinions to follow the Lord, let me tell you something. If you haven't done that, you need to be saved. But if you've been saved, you don't need to get robbed of your blessing by Satan who's coming back. He lost the first battle because he didn't want you to ever get saved to start with. Now, baptism does not save you. Baptism just tells you yourself whether you're saved or not. And if you cannot believe the simple teaching of baptism and your willingness to commit to it, then you have a huge, huge problem. And when resurrection awakening comes, if you have not had believer's baptism, you're going to float around here. You're going to have some good, good feelings. You're going to hear great music, great preaching, and meet some wonderful people and see some miracles. But it ain't going to happen to you unless you say starting today, I am going to do what my Savior told me to do. I am tired of arguing with him. I, am, I, I have no scriptural reference whatsoever I can point to. I just think like I think, and I feel like I feel. Listen to the scripture. Matthew three sixteen. you can watch the screen. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. Mark 1, 5, all were baptized by John the Baptist in the river of Jordan. John 3, 23. And John also was baptizing in Anon because there was much water there. Acts 8, 38, they went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Now Romans 6, 4. We are buried with Christ in baptism unto death, and we're raised to walk a new life. We'll be back there in just a moment. Colossians 2, 12, we're buried with him in baptism. All right, now, hold that point. We're talking about the method. Let's talk about who ought to be baptized. Who ought to be baptized? Is it people that other people want to see you get baptized? No. How about if it's your mother that wants you to be baptized? How about if it's your mother and your daddy both that want you to get baptized? How about if it's a preacher that wants you to get baptized? No, no, no. One person, one type of person qualifies 
for scriptural baptism. And that is a personal believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. No one else is qualified. You, you say, do I have to be? No, you can't be. Unless you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, which helps you to better understand baptism, it isn't going to happen. It isn't going to happen. Let me give you some scripture. Mark 16, 16. He that believes and is then baptized shall be saved. Acts 2, 38. Repent and then be baptized, every one of you. Acts 2, 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, both men and women. You notice it didn't say men, women, and infants. It says grown men, adult, children that know right from wrong. We, we use the word of accountability. You know what that means? That's just a big word that somebody put together to make us flunk out on the spelling bee and trying to spell it. It means that you come to the age you know there's a God and you've sinned against that God. That's the age of accountability. At that moment, you become personal. If you know there is a God, and you can comprehend there is a God, you don't understand all about him, but you believe by faith there is a God, and you've sinned, you have disobeyed that God, that's the moment that you become a candidate. Now, you say, you have any scripture on that? Glad you asked. Acts 8, 12. When they believed, they were baptized. Acts 8, 13. Simon believed, and he was baptized. Acts 8, 36. What does hinder me from being baptized? If you believe, Ethiopian eunuch, if you believe, you may. Acts 18 and 8. Many of the Corinthians hearing believed, and they were baptized. Acts 19, 4. Paul saying unto the people they should believe on Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized. You must be a believer. It is not just baptism. It is believer's baptism. It is not a ritual of the church. In order that I can be a member, I got to get dumped. And I don't want to, but I'd sure like to get all the benefits of those people that go to that church. And so I think I'll just be one of them. So just let me in, but I'm not about to do what my Lord says. No, you're not a proper candidate. You must believe. Not believe in the church, not believe in the preacher, not believe in the priest, not believe in the rabbi, but believe in Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. And then you say, if Jesus says it, that settles it. I learned a long time ago when I was a little child, I learned. I, <laughs> I, uh, I got to that point to where, where I, I think, you know what? God said it, I believe it, that settles it. I found out if God says it, that settles it, doesn't matter whether I believe it or not. But if I believe it, it sure helps me get in on what God's up to. We're just sort of in the middle in there, all right? God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has a way. His ways are higher than our ways. You may not even understand this sermon today, what I'm trying to, come to share with you in love. But that's your call. But I do know this. If you don't start right, you're not going to finish right. You can be only one degree off on a compass, and you can walk a ways and still know where you are. But if you go far enough, you'll be so far away from where you were headed, that one degree will put you clear out of sight. 
That's the reason that in the scripture, I think that the Bible says that, that the Lord will bury our sins and remember them no more. He'll put them as far as the east is from the west. That's a real good passage of scripture. He doesn't say north from south. And there's a reason for that. You leave Houston head north, if you go enough miles, you'll start going south again. If you stay with it long enough and don't run out of gas, you'll start going north again. And you can just go like that for the rest of your life. But you leave Houston going east, and you'll go east the rest of your life. If you leave Houston going west, you'll go west the rest of your life. That's the reason the Lord said, I'm going to put your sins as far as the east is from the west, and I'll remember them no more. Hallelujah. What a great, great word from God. Now, what is the purpose of baptism? Well, all I know is if you're going to be one of the members of that church, you've got to get dunked. That's all I know. That must be the reason. It's just a holy ritual of the church. No, 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 no. You missed that one too. The reason you're baptized, listen, one reason, to be obedient to the scripture. That's it. End the story. God says it. That settles it again. Acts 2.38 again, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 19, go ye therefore, teach all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Luke 3, 12, Master, what shall we do? When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. Oh, folks, listen, you hear that? You want to open up heaven? You get all God's church agreeing with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and God's going to show up. But as long as that, I've got a right to my opinion. Well, my former preacher said this. I don't want you to hold to what I say. I want you to go into the scripture. And if God says it, it's the end of the discussion. Right. There's no need in us arguing, debating. Well, you just think that you're right. No, I don't think I'm right. I know who is right. I know the one who is the truth and the life. And you know him too if you're a believer. I'm just asking you, don't miss out on blessing number one. Because if you miss blessing number one, you're going to miss a whole lot of other ones as you drift farther and farther from the truth. Why else should we be baptized? To follow the example of Christ. Matthew 3, 13. Then came Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. Figure out how many miles that is. He didn't take, catch a cab. He couldn't come by helicopter. He did not have an escorted guard. He walked. Why? To fulfill what the father wanted. That's what he was doing it for. There's not many things, folks, you can do like Jesus, but I can do like Jesus, but I can be baptized like Jesus was. I can fulfill that picture as he did, and you can too. A third reason that you need to be baptized is so you can proclaim unshamedly your identity with Christ. Do you know people come, make commitments to Christ, and then make sure if they see the church is calling them, they don't answer the phone? What in the world would that be? What in the world would that say, you know, uh, I think they're going to come and steal all my groceries. I, I think they're going to come and cut my gas bill, I mean, cut my lights and break my, my water pipes and break my everything else uh, that I got in the house. I mean, there's a mean bunch of people down there. I didn't know that until I got back home, started watching television, went to the movies, and then I realized that's just a bunch of con artists down there at that church. What do you think you're doing? They're following Satan, and he just blinds you. He said, you know, you got salvation. I don't want you getting any more of those blessings because the next big blessing you're going to get is baptism. 
And that's when you're going to see what it's like for the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And you won't act like a fool when it happens. You will humble yourself and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? That's what I want. What would you have me to do? Acts 2.41 says they gladly received his word and they were baptized. Galatians 3.21, as many of you as has been baptized unto Christ have put on Christ. So, why baptism? In order that we can proclaim unashamedly that we are followers of Jesus and the gospel of Christ. Number four. We're baptized to clearly portray to others what Jesus has done in our lives. He took us like we were, and he made us over again. He forgave the past. He forgot the past. We're born again, and we're starting a brand new life. We're not what we ought to be. We're not what we want to be. We're not what we used to be. And whenever a person is baptized, those that watch see a picture of what they've noticed has happened to that friend of theirs. If you were here, if you'll be here in the next service and you will look over to this baptistry, you will see a part of a family that a few weeks ago, the stepmother now in, of the children in the family was married, came to Sagemont, gave a heart to Christ, was born again, and was scripturally baptized. The family came to see her baptized. They saw a change take place in her life. They couldn't get over the change. Monday night a week ago, the stepson, Deer Park, Texas, if you go to Deer Park High School or you know anything about Deer Park, there's a wonderful young man over there, one of the most popular boys in the school, the stepson of that lady. Monday night a week ago, there was water all over the roads. You may have saw on the news about the pickup that skid and went out in the field. There was one tree in that field and that, that truck hit it head on. And that young man was killed. Listen to me. Last Sunday. Last Sunday, not 250 years ago. Last Sunday. That whole family came to Sagemite Church because they saw a difference in one member of their family the 12-year-old son would be baptized in the next service. And he walked in in that connection center and said, I want Jesus in my heart. I want what my stepmama has. The daddy was here last Sunday. If you were in the connections, if you were in the hospitality room with me, that family came in and I prayed with them. He would not even lift his head. He was so broken. He didn't understand it was just trauma that only a daddy could have that his son had been killed so quickly. Just got his driver's license two weeks ago. Unbelievable story. But we prayed together. And I went over there Monday. The daddy was sitting at the head of the casket. Couldn't get away. But he was on his way up here this morning to talk to John Mark because he wants to be here to see Isaiah, their son, 12-year-old, going to be baptized in next service. And he's praying about being baptized with him, but we want to make sure he's a believer and not just to be baptized. And he had a flat. It's the way the devil works. But let me tell you the way we work. We've rescheduled it, and I think right now he is here talking to John Mark over here in one of our other rooms for the next hour, okay? But the step, the, the father, 
He sees the difference in his wife. The whole family sees the difference. Where did it all start? When one member of the family got right with God and the other, not even knowing what another day would bring, would see, God, something's different in her. As I went over there, she went and introduced me to the boy's mom and said, I want you to talk and pray with her. Now, that's the love of God, folks. That's what's called a new birth. That's not called joining the church and signing up. That's what we're talking about. Baptism has a power that God's put there that I don't understand, but I've seen it many, 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 many times. Romans 6, 4. Therefore we are buried with Christ in baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in what? Newness of life. Newness of life. Colossians 2.12, we're buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised Jesus from the dead. Our old life is dead. Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the power of the Son of God. If you were here in the next hour, you'll see another baptism. This precious lady came to the cross with a pistol to take her life. And by the grace of God and the leadership of the Holy Spirit, God led someone to her that brought her over across the, the property to our counseling center. And you're going to see Mike Schumacher and Linda Boone is going to stand in here because that lady said, those two people were used by God to save my life and can they both be in the baptistry when I get baptized? That's what I'm preaching about today. I'm telling you, folks, it's happening all around you. And if you let it pass by you, we used to sing an old song in the church, Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. When others are falling, lean on the everlasting arms of God. I'm telling you, there's power in baptism. Don't you write it down as a church ritual that you've got to go through in order to get membership. Well, what's the result? Power will come. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Remember the, the dove came down upon Jesus, symbolic of the power of the Holy Spirit when he was baptized? What's the result? Power is going to come. Power, what kind of power? Am I going to be the next president? Am I going to be a world leader, ruler? No, 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 no. The power is Holy Spirit power. The Holy Spirit power comes down so you can defeat one enemy. There's only one enemy out there. It's called the D-E-V-I-L, devil. And that power that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. But at baptism, that Holy Spirit power comes. Secondly, restitution will come. You remember in Acts 16, 33, the same hour he washed them of their stripes? Do you remember how that was used as one believer taking care of the hurt of another? What a beautiful story. Whenever you're baptized, you begin to serve. You remember how that, uh, that Philippian jailer, he not only washed the stripes that he had inflicted on the apostle, but he served them food. They ate with him and he served them. And then it says in that 16th chapter that, that rejoicing comes. In the, 34th, in the 34th verse, he rejoiced, believing in God with all of his household. 
What a great story in the book of Acts. And then the last reason is what I've already alluded to in illustration, and that is that others will come to know the Savior and be baptized if you do. Everybody has influence on somebody. And you're influencing people just like that stepmother had no idea the impact her baptism was going to have and how quickly she would be able to see it unfold. But salvation and a new life in Christ takes care of the past, it deals with the present, and it prepares you for the future. In Acts 2, 41, it says, They that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there was added 3,000 souls. Oh, make no mistake about it, folks. The baptisms you're seeing, 18 last week, you know where they're coming from? 95% of them are coming from homes where there's a brand new Christian in the home that had no doubt, I'm going to be baptized. I'm not going to miss any of the blessings. I'm going to get it all, you know. I'm going to be under the spout when the joy comes out, you know. I'm going to be there. And it's in those families that others are saying, what a wonderful change in the life of my friend took place when Jesus came into their heart. Amen. I close with one scripture, Hebrews 12:1. I don't know of anything that ought to motivate us more than Hebrews 12:1 to what lays ahead of us. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin, the sin, which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. God says to all people all around you, they're witnesses. Whenever you make a commitment to Christ, there's going to be a lot of people, I, yeah, it's just another one of those things. I know them. They ain't going to change them. They've changed everything, you know, and it didn't affect them. They, they quit doing this, started doing that. They went here, they went there, they did this. Didn't happen. You know what? When Jesus comes into life, it happens. Because you know what? He, he never leaves you and he never forsakes you. How about that? You say, oh, Jesus, you get out of my life. Wrong. I own you now. You don't tell me what to do. I tell you what to do. I'm either going to make your life great or miserable, one or the other. You know, you follow me and I'm going to bless you. And if you don't, I'm going to make your way hard. Because I love you too much to just throw you away to Satan. God puts marriages back together. God saves the unlikely. Oh, I just love to hear people that just when I tell them about something happening at Sage Mind and I put a name with it and they know, you've got to be kidding me. I know them too well. Uh-uh, no, I know them. Uh-uh, that's what it is. Come check it out. Well, no, I don't go to church. Oh, oh you don't? Uh-uh. No, I'm, I'm something else. Okay, well, that's good. But let me tell you, Christ changes lives. Amen. Anybody here want to raise your hand with me and tell you Jesus made a difference in your life? I just want you to just lift it up to the Lord and say what a wonderful change in my life took place when Jesus came into my heart. Amen and amen. 
It's not to 10%, 20%, or we're not trying to get 51% so we can win the election. We're trying to know that we are 100% forgiven and none of us would ever want to go back and give Satan another day in our life. Yeah. Nobody ever praises Satan. But Satan makes most of us into fools. Don't let it happen to you. Don't let it happen to you. There's a big, big, big difference whenever you make that decision, that life-changing decision, as simple as it is, I am going to have believer's baptism. I'm talking to some of you. You were baptized before you ever got saved. You were baptized in the sense of, of being immersed, but you weren't scripturally baptized because scriptural baptism comes after salvation. It's like this wedding ring that I'm wearing. Chuck and I were talking about this this week. I first, 50 plus years ago, I said, I do. My dad said, wilt thou? And I wilted. He was marrying Beth and I. <laughs> and I said, I do. He asked Beth, he says, how about you? She said, I do. And we were pronounced husband and wife. But before we left to make our way on the journey of life, we exchanged a ring. You know what that ring says? In any restaurant, in any public gathering, where any two or more people are gathered, I made a commitment to a lady. And her mean, ring means the same thing. Until death do us part. Yes. That is an outward sign of an inward experience that you're not ashamed of. It bothers me when people say, well, we're married, but we just don't wear the rings. That just makes me a little nervous, a little nervous. Chuck and I were talking about that. He said, if you know about the world like I used to know about the world, it would make you real nervous. But I'm pretty naive on that, but I'll tell you one thing. It makes a difference. Yeah. makes a difference. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. We're going to dismiss the service here in a minute. Connection Center will open its doors. If you're a first-time guest today, we have a beautiful family Bible waiting for you over in the hospitality room. Now listen to me carefully. We're going to dismiss and we're going to go out into the foyer. Right in the center of the foyer, back on this side of where Jesus is washing Peter's feet, the divine servant, there is a big room that's a private room. There are people there waiting and they will ask you a question, what decision are you making? If you know that you are not a believer and you want to be, you say, I've made a decision today, I want to invite Jesus to come into my heart. And I'm going to pray with you in just a second. You can go tell them, I just prayed with a pastor to ask Jesus into my heart. That's all you need to say. That's the decision I made. I made a decision a minute ago. I'm going to trust Jesus my Savior today. Second decision is some of you have made that decision, but you've not been baptized. We're going to baptize, we hope, every night of our awakening before the services start. We're going to, 30 minutes before, we're going to have a get ready for what God does service. So you can pick any night. If Sunday nights don't work out for you, Sunday morning don't work out for you, that would be a chance. But you can say to those folks, I want to be baptized with believer's baptism. You don't have to join the church, but I want believer's baptism. You need to find you a church home. If it's not sage much, you need to find you one. Number three, my decision is I'm a baptized believer and I want to get myself ready. I want to be a part of this church. I want to get ready. In the first two weeks I'm a member, I want to see one of the greatest things that I've ever seen in my life take place in my brand new church that I've chosen to be my church home. 
So let me pray with those of you that have never asked Christ in your life. You go out there and you do that. And if you are a first-time guest, when we dismiss in a moment, over to the hospitality room to my left, right across from the library, go out there. I'm going to be there to give you a family Bible, a beautiful, beautiful family Bible to take home with you. So if we never see you again, we're going to put the truth in your hand in God's written word. Our Heavenly Father, would you listen to us now? We know you're here. We've sung about you. We've prayed. We've seen others been obedient in baptism. And we've opened up your word that is so clear on the subject of the morning. And now the wages, the, the, the warfare breaks out. And Satan is pulling, oh, forget about it, you'll be over it. Lord, I know, you know better than I do, but I know the ways of Satan too. Not like you, but I've seen it over and over. And you know why my heart just burns to see people defeat Satan and come to you in obedience. So I pray, dear God, that you'll hear now as we open up your invitation to whosoever will, and you'll listen to the prayers that'll be offered now. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that today's message has brought you to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Join us Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at Sagemont Church in the Worship Auditorium. For more information, check us out at www.sagemontchurch.org.